Houston, we are fresh from the Forever Yours stage play, man, which took place yesterday, April the 13th, 2019. I have my man Corrigan with me. Corrigan, before we start the episode off, did you want to say anything? Man, I just want to say I really appreciate you coming here. You know what I'm saying? Let us actually shoot this podcast, man. I really okay. appreciate it. Okay. Um, before we get going with the show, rest in peace to Nipsey Hustle, man. Like I said in episode nine, rest in peace to Nipsey Hustle, man. Your artistry is legendary, and you inspire the independent artists to do what they do. Uh, let's get into the episode. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, the iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, No idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. The first chapter of your vision's movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Rawls. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie Jigga Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my Houston, um, welcome back to the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. My name is John Ross Dyke, and before we get started with the episode, I want to introduce our social media handle so we don't interrupt the conversation later on. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and Still underscore Visionary. Um, my website, which is running now, is stillvisionary.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn, like my fan page, and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. But um, like I said in the intro part of the episode, we are um, fresh off the stage, Houston, Texas. Yesterday, uh, April the 13th, we um, did a stage play entitled Forever Yours. My character's uh, name was Jason Winters and my man next to me played uh, the love interest of my old girlfriend in the stage play. Uh, Corrigan, man, um, what's going on with you, man? Go ahead and say, state your social media handles, man. Right, you know, so we can get started with the joint, man. Let's go. Um, I'm mainly focused on Instagram, which is Bink the Artist. I will paint and draw your face off. Um, I'm recently into acting. Um, Facebook is just goes by my. Government name, Corrigan Coleman. Okay. Rarely on Facebook, though. Okay. Today is April the 14th, Houston, Texas, 2019, and we have 261 more days left in the uh, 2019 year. So, uh, Corrigan, man, um, you said that you're recently, you just recently started acting, right? Yes. So, uh, um, explain that. Talk to us about um, how you got into it and how you got involved, because I know that the depth of this conversation 
uh, is going to take place in a few, and we're going to be talking about that painting that you have over there of Nipsey Hussle, man. So go ahead and just briefly just talk to us about your past, your history, and everything, and bring us up to up until the artistic aspect of your um, journey. Well, as far as acting, I can tell a story. Okay. I can definitely tell a story. Now, as far as acting, um, I actually got into acting, well, I've been wanting to get into acting since I was in high school. Um, I've always been a shy kid. I didn't say too much. <laughs> um, outside, I was always nervous to perform in, from a, in front of an audience. You know, mm-hmm. I used to hang with my friends all the time and joke around and play around. And a lot of people used to tell me all the time, like, man, I think you should get into acting. You should get into acting. But I was like, nah, man, I don't really want to get into acting because I always get around people. And when I have to say things that I don't really know, I start sweating and get nervous and I freeze and I tense up. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got into college, I started to break out that shell. I actually went to Texas Southern University mm-hmm. in Third Ward. Um, I began to get out that shell when we had to do skits. You know, when you're in school, you have mm-hmm. to do um, presentations and the teacher provides, say, hey, I need y'all to do a skit um, for this project. Um, I actually done a skit and I was one of the better ones out of the, the group. Mm-hmm. And everybody told me at the class, like, man, you should get into acting. You should get into acting. I always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, nah, 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 man. It's, you know what I'm saying? Acting is probably a little bit more complex than me just being the natural, goofy person on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a girlfriend who gave me um, this lady number and said, hey, you should contact her. She's actually into acting. I think you should really do it. Like your personality and your look will actually get you into it. I said, nah, I'm not, you know, I don't really want to do it. And then I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to try it. Um, come to find out, she really didn't want me to do it because she understood the aspect of me having to kiss girls and um, <laughs> be around women all the time, and and I would have to, I would spend a lot of my time doing rehearsing and auditions and with the acting circle versus actually being with her. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I pretty much neglected the fact of me actually wanting to get into acting just to focus on my time with her. Mm-hmm. Now we was together for two years. Mm-hmm. Broke up with her. I said, you know what? I'm going to finally get into acting. Mm-hmm. Tried to get into acting. In the midst of that, within like a two-week span, I found another girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> another girlfriend, man. Lasted. Yeah. That relationship lasted for five years. In the midst of that relationship, I told her, I said, my dream is to be an actor. Like Me being, a, I'm currently an accountant right now. I done went from... Home Depot to now working as an accountant at MD Anderson. And, but I've always wanted to act. I just knew that I didn't want to sit at a desk job in an mm-hmm. office. I didn't want to do that. So I finally decided to take a leap of faith and get into acting. She had a fit. Mm. She cried. She said, you're going to be around all these women. You're going to have to kiss women. You're going to have to do sex scenes. We don't have any kids together. We're not married. So if you get an opportunity to go to L.A. or Atlanta, you're just going to jump up and go. Mm-hmm. I said, you're you, you damn right I'm going to jump up and go. <laughs> like, it's, not, it's nothing holding me back here. You know, Why would I sit here and stay with you when my dream is in L.A. or Atlanta? So... I mean, I was honest with her, and you know, she kind of took that to heart. So what I did was I put acting on hold mm. until I got to a point where I knew I was getting ready to end that particular relationship, and I started diving into the acting. And she's still with me for probably like five or six months. Me getting into acting, 
the first time I actually got into it, people was asking, oh my gosh, you're a natural, you're a natural. And then the response about it actually made me want to push forward towards the effort of actually being an actor. Mm. And I got into a little trouble. I, initially, I was taking acting classes. I mm. didn't do anything as far as plays or film or anything like that. I was taking acting classes. So you, start, you started off uh, getting formal training before you actually delved into into the actual art of like standing up and reciting lines between people. Yes, because okay. I didn't I didn't actually want to do plays. I mm-hmm. never want to do plays because I actually worked backstage at a play once and I was like, "Nah, these people have too many lines to remember. I'm not I I'm not going to be up there and then I'm going to mess up a line and then people get mad at me." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "I never want to do acting uh, do plays. So I just want to do film because when you got film, cut cut cut, cut edit, go, take the best it. take, yeah. Boom. Um I got into a little trouble, got into a little situation. Um, it's, it, it, it allowed me to sit at home and really focus on my craft and focus on the things that I actually wanted to do, which pushed me forward towards painting, and it made me focus a lot more on the acting craft. And as soon as I was in trouble, everything just started to come in, coming together. So it was mm. almost like a, a blessing in disguise. And I had my first play, and from that, everything just took off. So ever since I had one play, I finished with that play, I get called back for another play. Called mm. back for another play. What, what was the name of your first play? The name of the first play was called Origins of a Jealous Woman, written by Renee Ravon. Renee Ravon. I've heard that name. I think, uh, mm. I think I've heard that name. So, so, so um, take us through like um, how... The one-on-one of um, of an acting class. What was the first thing that you had to learn inside an acting class? Because I've never taken an acting class before. Right. I, I, as well as you, um, was given a platform um, to join acting and to become an actor from my uh, large brother. My large brother thought I was a natural at speaking. So he recommended that I be the host of our annual gala. And from there, my uh, large brother's sister said, hey, you're natural. You should do this. And then I did a stage play, which eventually led me to Jayla. And in between doing the stage play, I worked at the ensemble for a while during Toy of Education. So I've never actually been inside of a of an acting class, rather. But Black Blues was my acting coach for a while before he got busy with the slamming. So I've never had formal training. Take us take us through how that works. How does that work inside an acting class? What are they expecting of you? And what do you what do you need to bring? Um. You just have to have a positive mindset when you go into acting classes. Understand that there are going to be people a lot better than you. Mm. You're going to learn from a lot of the actors actually in that particular room. Um, going into acting class, I was super nervous because I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm around, I'm around elite actors, and they're just." They're gonna look at me and say, "Man, this dude trash. He shouldn't be acting." <laughs> that, that, that's the first thing that comes to your head when you try to go into acting class or yeah. an audition, and you around people who are really yeah. talented. You're yeah. gonna say, "Man, they're gonna talk about me." So mm-hmm. that alone in itself can discourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the teacher has to be very much so patient with you, which Renee was very patient with me as far as um, the acting uh, aspect of everything. Um, it, it was it was your first scene that you do. It's gonna be tough. It's not gonna be you know cakewalk, or it's not gonna be easy, and mm-hmm. you're not gonna do as well as you think that you're gonna do. Yeah. And 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 the thing with acting is, man, people people think like when you're watching movies 
in, in, in TV in TV series like like Martin or like a, a Denzel or something like that. They mm-hmm. sit and they say, "Man, I can do that. Like that that's easy. It don't seem like he's doing nothing but just but just chilling." You're like, nah, because mentally he's someone else. He's yeah. not Denzel Washington. Yeah. Martin is not Martin Lawrence when he's doing his comedy and stuff like that. Like they doing. They are a totally different person. So when you take acting class, you have to learn how to tap into a totally different person. You got to learn how to take your moments before. You have to learn how to dissect the script. You got to know the subject. You got to know what you're fighting for. You got to know your substitution. Um, seeing objectives is very, very, very important. So like, if if, I, if you hand me a script and I don't know w- what I'm fighting for in this particular scene then it's not going to be believable. Mm. And that's where your acting coach comes into place because they they teach you those things in acting classes. Yeah. You know, you, when you get a director, your director pretty much just going to direct you and say, you should say it like this or or maybe it's like this. But when you have your acting coach, they're going to they're gonna help you dissect every word. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you your beats and actions, know when to go up and go down, learn how teach you how to actually speak, let you know that you're not speaking clearly enough, that you got, need to open your mouth. Like those type of things are very critical in acting. Now, when you have a director who just kind of let you just go mm-hmm. and not really giving you direction, it makes it harder for a, a play or a film or or a TV series to actually come alive, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I think acting classes is very, very... Um, imperative. Imperative as far as when you're trying to get into acting. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether, and, and regardless if you are... Um, if you are natural or anything like that, it's very challenging to get gigs in LA or Atlanta. If you haven't had that formal if, training. If you don't have that training, because when you pull out your resume, they're gonna ask you, so what type of training have you had have you had? Mm-hmm. You're not just you you can't just come in here and just say, mm-hmm. I'm a natural. Yeah. Because it's a lot of people think they're natural. Yeah, yeah. So hey fam, you know what? Um I'm because I don't have any manners, man. What I like to do on the podcast is for every guest that comes on, I like to present them with this black SVIT. It's a it's a signa of the company. But I, you know, I had a kid that uh, asked me for one of these shirts. He wanted to buy one of these shirts for me. And I said, these shirts are exclusively for the creatives that come on to the podcast. So from me to you, from my company to you, man, I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. Uh, and blessings, that, man. Blessings. When I know that for everybody, see, those are exclusive. Can't nobody else wear them shirts any any other time so i i know that if you have that shirt on you on the podcast so yeah. i mean so far into the episode man i hadn't gotten out i looked down i seen the shirt there i want to present that to you now Appreciate um it. before we continue on to the conversation what songs on your mind man i've been listening to that double up and that nipsey hustle man yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's a song i've been just putting on repeat man double every, up yeah man yeah. ever since um his untimely demise yeah. man it's just been something that's been heavy in my mind because it's. Hold on, for because and, 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 we're gonna go. We will talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, and the song on my mind is "Determination" from okay. the same album featuring Kendrick Lamar. So go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah, man, I just, it's, I, I, I love, the, I just love the vibe, the cruising of that particular song, man. Mm-hmm. So you can just ride down the street in the mm-hmm. nighttime, the sun setting. Just let your windows down, open the sunroof, and just kind of just, just just vibe out to the yeah. song, man. Yeah. And it's just, to me, like, everybody take different things from songs, regardless of the artist has a particular message for a song. Yeah. Um, 
us as individuals, we all have different perspectives of different things. And um, from my perspective of that song, it's just all about, um, you know, just, just just grinding, you know, grinding, getting the money, man. Yeah. And just, I just, I just, I just love everything about that song, man. Just everything. So, so w- w- how do you think that um, Nipsey's un- untimely? Well, I'm not gonna say untimely because I believe in Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm not gonna say untimely. I'm gonna. How do you think that his death has affected you as an artist? Man, you know what? <clears throat> I won't even just say just as an artist. I would say as a person. It, it actually made me a little bit more. Um, I think it's, it's humbling me a lot more. It's making me a lot more aware of people's feelings to be more supportive of people's um, endeavors that they are actually putting out there in the world. Um, okay. It, it, it's just it's just making me be a, a cooler person, man. Because, mm-hmm. man, Nipsey was. I mean, for for him to to open up a store in his hood, knowing he didn't have to do something like that and yeah. give people jobs like that, man, it just shows like how much he he he's invested into his community, into his black people, man. Like mm-hmm. that stuff right there was just amazing to me, man. And I think it's just it's just making me look at things at a different light, man. Yeah. Like I think that I think that's uh, what his. Um, has his legacy and his death ha- well his death leading up into his legacy has has done for a lot of people man a lot of people are being more um perceptive to what's going on yeah. you know what i mean i know for me sometimes i'm driving around and i'm listening and dissecting his lyrics and i hear the storytelling but i also hear the the growth like i tried yeah. to play uh slawson boy today before i got here and I was like, mm, no, hold on, wait a minute. I had to pause, and I yeah. had to go and I had to go and get reaffirmed from another album to go back and listen to it because the growth that he made from that album to Crenshaw, to Marathon, to Victory Lab, uh, Slossom Boy Two. Now, yeah, that was hard. Well, I'm, I'm 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 gonna work my way to that, but yeah. as an artist, you know, and in my own personal endeavors, yeah. I see that uh, you know. Um, he he had a quote: "As long as you stay focused, you know." And I don't know the exact quote, but you know, you see it on Instagram now. As long as you stay focused, uh, don't stop, don't quit, keep going. It'll happen for you, man. And I think that, that I, be- I believe that that is factual. You know, what I mean, I've seen a lot of things happen for myself. Yeah. Just you know, just not quitting. Man, the the thing about Nipsey, man, he just seemed like a cool, cool dude. Yeah, man. and yeah. and it kind of makes you just want to just be that cool dude mm. man when you just around people and just have like a good vibe it, it really made you made me want to have a good vibe about myself around people to to to, to have people want to be around me and just say man i love being around Corey, man yeah. he, he just cool he's yeah. just chill man yeah. it, it, man i think it just his death i think it's really bringing a lot of people together man yeah it's making people see things from a different light man. yeah it's it's sad but it was also a blessing and and you know what and i feel like i honestly feel like man if he was alive right now and he knew that something like that would happen and bring people together and actually ha- make people have a different mindset about life then i think he would still... still sacrifice his life for that though. oh okay i really believe that man okay. just because of the type of person he is man yeah from from, yeah. from what i see i don't know him yeah. personally but by him passing it, it feels like i know him personally you know yeah yeah so um we were in rehearsals one day right yeah and um a lot of days. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- on this particular day, um, you said to the cast that uh, people grew up calling you. You grew up people call and people were calling you Bink. Yeah. Right. So, oh, you know, 
I think I might have been like, what's your Instagram? Because now it's crazy that now in 2019, and it's been like this for a while, people are, people are no longer asking for phone numbers. Yeah. People are asking for your Instagram handle. Yeah, IG, right? Baby. Yeah. They follow you on Instagram, and this is how people keep up with you and contact with you, right? Yeah. So I see Bink the Artist on there, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about the act, acting standpoint. Um, what about that name, Artist, makes you an artist? Man, I just think that my mindset as far as like, me being an actor, um, my me painting and drawing the things that I come up with in my head, the things that I see when I see colors, like when, okay, so when I when I'm doing certain things or if I'm driving down the road, man, all I see is art. Mm-hmm. All I see is art. I'm looking at you right now, and I'm looking at that red um, little muffin thing on the microphone, and yeah. I'm thinking about art right now. Man. Yeah, and I think that's. The epitome of artists to me. So you you mentioned earlier repetition um, that you didn't want to get into uh, acting because or were you were behind stage at a stage play and you um, were watching people and you thought that you wouldn't be able to do it because you were going to forget a line. How much of that repetition goes into what you do as the artist? Because I've looked at your Instagram, you got some fire. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me just. Let me just. Houston, Texas. Let me just be clear about what I'm talking about right here. If I were to take a picture on my phone, right, the iPhone 10 or whatever, right, and send that picture to the computer, right, and then put it into the little program that I have that's able to tr- trace a, an image and detach the color from the image, so that you can print it on a shirt, it would look exactly like how you. <laughs> draw these pictures how do you how much repetition goes into being being able to do that and is that something that you've always been able to do man first of all i, I really appreciate that man no i'm not like, I mean, look this man's instagram used in texas is bink the is it bink underscore the artist no nah, it's just bink the artist bink the artist on instagram yeah. go and look at this man's steph curry <laughs> picture go and look at his lebron picture when i got to the crib he showed me where his pictures are in his closet, man. These pictures look like spitting images, like somebody took a photograph <laughs> and the man traced a photograph and just dropped it on the canvas. Talk about that, man, because not only is does he have those pictures, but he also has a Nipsey picture on this island right here that looks exactly like the damn photo, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man, like... like Man, it, it's one of them things. It's, it's just a gift, man. It's, it's almost like riding a bicycle, man. It's, with me, with art, I started off as um, in elementary. The first thing I ever drew was a pair of Jordan 13 J's, man. Mm-hmm. Like the blue, black, and gray ones when they first dropped. And I think they was the low top ones. And when I drew, that's the only thing I could draw at that particular time. Um, then I graduated to drawing people's faces, but I couldn't draw eyes. I couldn't draw um, their mouth or nothing. So I'll draw everybody's face with just. A nose, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, w- the repetition, as far as like painting and drawing and stuff like that, I actually just got into painting. But it- it's one of those situations where you just gotta, you just gotta constantly do it, like every single day. Just like you work on your podcast every single day, the more and more you do it, the more you become more creative with it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get better with it, mm-hmm. and things like that. As far as the art stuff, it's the same aspect of it, and it's just. And it, it, you just got to catch that vibe, man. It's just, it's just a vibe. That's yeah. it. That's all it is, man. Well, you it's mentioned, a vibe. You mentioned it being natural, and, and you mentioned nat- it being natural to ride a bike. You still have to learn to ride a bike. Like, you can't – I don't know many kids, and maybe you were like this, but I know I wasn't one of them kids that got on a bike that didn't have the tricycle part on it, and I start pedaling without falling falling over. I want to say this, man, and I know you mentioned the bike, man. 
when I learned how to ride a bike, I ain't had no training wheels. I just got on the joint and started riding. Okay. That that that. I mean, I was just that type of person where I was just talented and gifted in in, in many different things. Yeah. You know, obviously, um, I ain't grow too much. And you know, I could have I could have <laughs> been I could have been on that court hooping. And, you know, I you know I would have been in college and something like that on the leave if I would have grew a little bit bigger. But uh, cause I'm naturally talented and that type of stuff. But uh, as far as like, man, that drawing. That drum, what, what really got me into drawing, I really wasn't that good um, probably like a year ago. What really got me into drawing, man, was when I got in trouble. Mm. I got in trouble, man. It set me down, allowed me to focus. I just, I ain't had no choice. Mm -hmm. I had to sit at home and I had to draw and I had to paint to clear my mind because I knew that was the type of thing that only, that 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 would take me away from this universe. It was mm. just drawing. And, and another thing that actually caught me into drawing and painting is... Um, I would go, I would go out and, and to different places like Kirkland's and things like that, and I would see artwork, and I would say, "Man, I can draw that." You know, I would go to apartment complexes when I go look for apartments, and they'll have like a lot of artwork on the walls and stuff like that. I would get inspired by stuff like that. You mm -hmm. know, I would get inspired by driving on um, 400 in West Belfort, and mm -hmm. I would, and I would see. Uh, um, I actually, I saw this, this. This black lady, man, she she had to be African or something, and her son, and they just looked like they was homeless, asking people for money, and it, and to me, like his skin was so dark. He was young, his skin was so dark. He had his hair all just nappy, nappy, nappy hair, and uh, <laughs> she she had like on like a quilt or something, man, like a man. It it was just it, it it was so sad, but it was so beautiful, man. And that type of stuff really inspired me to come home and just say, I'm I'm gonna paint that. So did you did you need to? Could you see it in your head and and when you painted it, could you see it in your head and then put it on a canvas, or did you need to have the picture there to be able to like? Like put this, put this eyebrow here, or yeah, 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 put yeah. that eyebrow there. Don't let people gas you up, artists. All, all artists out there, I'm gonna be the one who said, don't let people gas you up, thinking that you can just go out there and just paint something without looking at it. You gotta look at something, man, mm -hmm. because it's. It, I can't, I can't say, oh, I want to draw John, and then just be at home and just drawing John with no picture. I need to see where your eye at, where your nose at, and stuff like that. Now I can look at you and go like this here. But a lot of people use grids and stuff like that. Some people trace to each zone. It is what it is. Me personally, I'm not a tracer. You know, I, I like to look at stuff and draw it. But I get inspired by the things that I see. Like black people, I get inspired by them. Like homeless people, like that that type of stuff really inspires me because it's so much pain into watching those people. Mm. And that type of stuff makes me want to go home and just say, let me just sacrifice this sleep. Cause I'm tired, but when you tired and you don't feel like painting, that's when your best artistry come out. Mm -hmm. And when you get that good vibe, you might want to sip on some. You get you some good music playing, like things like that really pull out your artistry. And people ask me all the time, "Man, how you paint so well? How you draw so well?" I'm just like, "Man, look, I tell everybody, you just gotta catch a vibe, man." Mm. Cause, Cause, the same thing that I can do, you can do. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do what I can do. I tell them all the time, but you can do what I can do. Mm -hmm. You just gotta do it. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to do it, then it's not gonna come out like that. It might not come out the way you want it the first time, the second time, the third time. But you gotta keep practicing. But you gotta keep on practicing that repetition word, man. You gotta keep doing it, and that's the only way that just if, if I act one time, I'm not gonna be good just because I act the first time. Because then I'm not gonna know the mistakes I made. Yeah, you know, I yeah. gotta see. I gotta. See what's happening out here. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, 
<laughs> so in the next 261 days, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do you hope to accomplish in the next 261 days? Man, next 261 days. And that's a different question from the question I'm going to ask you in the end. So be selective of your answer because I don't want I don't want you to have to repeat yourself. Okay. Um, my thing is right now I'm currently working on an art show. I'm okay. To, I'm trying to do an art show. I want to do uh, multiple paintings. I want to have people come and do like a painting with a twist, but instead of um, the liquor, you can have liquor too. But I want to have like hookahs so they can kind of smoke, you know, drink and just just paint the things that they see on my page that they always ask me about. And I'm gonna say, you know, I want you to do it yourself within the next two hundred sixty seven sixty one sixty one days. That that's what I want to do. I'm I'm working on actually getting my life completely back mm-hmm. within a couple of weeks. Then I can move forward with a lot of endeavors that I got in mind. Okay. Okay. Um, so um this Nipsey picture that you have right here, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How long do you think how long is that gonna finish how long is it gonna take you to finish that? I probably finish that. If I don't do nothing today, I probably finish that tonight. So the colors, so you have do you mix colors to get a certain color or Absolutely. You do. I have a color chart and I um if I see a color on a Nipsey picture, I will put my color chart next to it and I say, Okay, well these are the colors that I need to mix in order to get that particular color. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Any um um any upcoming films? Um, not at this particular moment. Right now I do have a play. We were actually redoing Origins of a Jealous Woman. Mm-hmm. Um I actually my acting coach is actually writing another play. I'm not certain the name of it at this particular moment though. So your acting coach is also a writer? Yes, she's a okay. writer as well. Okay. Cole, okay. Renee Ravon. What's up, baby? <laughs> All right. So um here on the podcast, man, um, the What's Next podcast is all about bringing creatives on. Yeah. And when we bring creatives on, these creatives I've been watching, right? It may have been a month. It may have been um, a year. But I've been watching them to see how their journey is. And I, wanna, I want them to come on and talk about their journey, where they got started, um, where they hope to go. And the last question I always ask um, every feature on, on the podcast is, what's next for Bink the Artist? Oh, man. It's, 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 it's so much that I have in mind that I want to do, man. Yeah, like, yeah. like, as far as the acting, I think I, I, I'm actually interested in doing um, auditioning for this new film. This new, not film, but this new play called For Color Boys, which is um, filled with monologues where I dance. Now, I, I ain't no dancer. Now, yeah. I ain't no dancer. I'm, I'm typically like the cool dude who likes like to chill and stuff like that. Yeah. But I actually want to challenge myself a little bit more as far as the acting because I always get typecast in these college young boy plays and I'm yeah. not trying to do that. Yeah. What I'm trying to do right now is really, really put on, have range as far as acting. My goal, one of my goals is actually to get an acting coach. I mean, not an acting coach, I'm sorry, is um, an agent. Mm-hmm. To get an agent and who can just kind of do all the auditioning stuff for me to say, mm-hmm. hey, I need you to come audition here. I think this is perfect for you, so I won't have to be out searching for that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. Houston, Texas, man. It's our time. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is
nigga crack him like cheers to the money guy The Willie niggas Who buy them bottles And then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dog. Five bottles, one dick Why I need some bros? I know I'm out of line But love is shower time You know it rose a rain When your cloud is nine Get off that high ass hussy This a private party Been on my dick too long Your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty These walls on priceless Audi This the upper crust, fuck us up